The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at belmontmedia. I'm sorry, email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the TOST Toddcast here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network, which you can find online at belmontmedia.org slash podcast, and also at soundcloud.com by searching Belmont Media. Listen to the Toddcast at your convenience by downloading the free SoundCloud app available on both iTunes and Google Play stores. I am Todd Bloniars from the Time Out for Sports Talk TV show, available for viewing on BMC channels 8, 9, 28, and 29, and can also be seen on demand at belmontmedia.org. And uh, once again, it is that magical time of year for the true sports geek and all of us. Of course, uh, that means I must be talking fantasy football and the mad scramble that we all partake every August as we get ready for our upcoming drafts. So to help us out, I'm very pleased for the second consecutive year to be joined on the telephone by Ryan Hallam, the founder of FightingChanceFantasy.com, which is a great go-to website that features plenty of player news, mock drafts, and podcasts. And in fact, uh, uh, Ryan, uh, thank you for uh, officially joining me here on the uh, Toddcast for the second straight year. Can we now safely say this is uh, officially a tradition? I appreciate you having me on, Todd. Absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm game for this every year. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, actually, as you pointed out before we went on the air, exactly one year ago on this very date, uh, we are actually recording this on August 15th, which we probably should mention a few times as we're giving out all this fantasy advice, because goodness knows what can happen between now and the start of the regular season. But uh, you said uh, it was August 15th of last year that we uh, did this the first time. So uh, here we are again. Uh, it's obviously, it must. it's a lucky, it's kismet, you know, it's a sign that we were fated to do this show tonight. It's a, it's a heck of a time of year, a couple of days after my birthday. I appreciate, you know, coming on. I always love talking fantasy football, so any day of the year is good, but this one seems to be our day. Yeah. Right. Well, and of course, uh, we I think we, we both celebrated milestones this year. So I guess uh, congrats to us for that. Although I, I would I would trade my milestone for yours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yours was a slightly smaller milestone. But uh, yeah, I know it's uh, uh, yeah, those round numbers are always lots of fun. But uh, no, it's, it's great. We're doing this again, Ryan. And uh, you know, again, for those uh, just to refamiliarize uh, yourself with our uh, listening audience, uh, Tell us a little bit about FightingChanceFantasy.com. I mean, you've been you've been running this website for quite a while. It's quite successful. Uh, you you know you got all the uh, the information out there, and uh, there's you're doing the podcast. I'm sorry, I alluded to that before. The uh, you do a live podcast every week. Uh, what that's on uh, Wednesdays. Yep, it's at Wednesdays at 10 p.m. You can find me and my partner Steve Rappin. Uh, we go for an hour every Wednesday night, so you can listen live right at 10 p.m. Or you can always. Listen to afterwards, just go to fightingchancefantasy.com slash podcast, or you can just go to the homepage and there's a podcast uh, tab towards the top of the page. So I just finished completed. My rankings uh, are out there uh, a little late this year, a little too much partying, but I finally got them out there. So quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Uh, Steve and I are going to be working on our sleeper and bus articles. Uh, Hopefully two or three will be up by the weekend. So definitely check those out. You can also always find us on Twitter. I'm at Fighting Chance, 
Steve is at Fantasy Geek 37, and we actually brought on a third member, uh, Patrick Wisniewski. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at PolkaPat. Uh, we're all putting out uh, football information right now. Pat does a little bit of hockey. If there's any hockey buffs out there, which out in Massachusetts, hopefully there should be some. And uh, Well, there are hockey buffs, Ryan. I don't know how many uh, uh, fantasy hockey. I mean, that's really a, a diehard thing. But congrats for bringing Pat on the old payroll because, uh, you know, being Polish myself, uh, we... Uh... I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's on the payroll, but he writes on the payroll. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I do like his uh, Twitter handle, Polka Pat. Uh, yeah, no, uh, again, you can find all that. Of course, all the links and everything uh, are available uh, at your uh, FightingChanceFantasy.com website. And the great part about the, the podcast, if you if you listen live, you can actually, you guys take phone calls and you can you can give live advice to people. I, you also what, do an online uh, chat thing as well where you, you'll, take, uh, you'll take messages from, uh, from people during the live show. So. Steve runs that. I don't. I'm oh. <laughs> trying to keep the stuff together, so we keep we we give him a job. Well, there you go. You know, you mentioned uh, you you felt bad you were a little late getting out some of your rankings, but I would say it's probably just only because you're so busy mock drafting. And uh, I noticed you're already up to like your fifth mock draft. I do have to ask one question though here, Ryan. I noticed the first mock draft took place on like July fourth or around that time. Why? What's the point of drafting that early when I mean the teams haven't even started training camp yet? I mean, all you're really doing there is just ranking based on last year's performance, but you don't really have any other. I mean, you know, what's the? Why not just wait until like they start training camp to uh, do your mock drafts? Well, a couple reasons. One, it's not just completely last year's performance because in football, more than baseball, to me, uh, coaching changes, uh, roster changes make a lot more of a difference. Uh, so, I mean, if, say, the Rams this year, they got a brand-new coach, uh, Sean McVay, uh, who's going to be, hopefully, I mean, in, in theory, is a much more creative and, and newer offensive mind than Jeff Fisher, who basically seems to be happy to run Todd Gurley into the, you know, into the middle of the line three times and then punt. So, you know, you get a guy with a, with a little bit more of an offensive mind, uh, Adam Gase in Miami, although he was there last year, is another example. Coaching changes make a big deal in football. So, uh <laughs> That is, is one reason to see how that affects it. And two, to be honest with you, and I know you're a big baseball guy, and there's a lot of big baseball people out there, but there is a lot of just hardcore fantasy football people who feel like baseball is too much of a marathon, and they're on it already. <laughs> so uh, people start doing mock drafts for, for fantasy football basically as soon as the Super Bowl is over, sometimes even earlier. So uh, there is a hardcore audience out there that's definitely looking for that kind of stuff early. Yeah, well, as I was saying, August is kind of Christmas, so I suppose the months leading up to it are similar to the, you know, the Christmas shopping season. Everyone just, you know, you get so kind of geeked up for it, and, you know, you're doing all these mock drafts everywhere. Personally, for me, you know, I think like you said, Ryan, I mean, I'm such a big baseball fan, and I do a couple of fantasy baseball leagues that I really, it's hard for me to get into the the fantasy football thing until really basically August rolls around on the calendar. I, I can't do it that early, but I understand why, why you guys have to, I guess. I've, at least I have a better understanding standing now. Um, let me ask you another question. I was reading something uh, on some website uh, about uh, the future of PPR and the fact that maybe it's time that this particular concept of fantasy football leagues has run its course because just because now instead of having drafts that are so running back heavy at the top, in fact, I mean, I was looking at one uh, cheat sheet I have, and uh, of the top 20 players listed, it's an even 10-10 split running backs and wide receivers. So certainly wide receivers now get drafted in the early rounds much more frequently. Uh, what's your take on the whole PPR? I mean, should it be eliminated? 
appreciated? Do you think do you think it still serves a useful purpose in fantasy football leagues? I'm a huge PPR proponent. In fact, all my rankings and all my mock drafts are PPR. Uh, I just think it brings an added little wrinkle into uh, into the strategy as far as not only uh, running backs who catch the ball out of the backfield or and and you know wide receivers who are a real heavy volume guy, somebody like Julian Edelman or. Uh, Jarvis Landry in Miami. These guys, they're going to have 90 catches. Maybe they're only going to have four touchdowns or five touchdowns, but, you know, with the volume of catches, that makes them just as valuable as, as uh, maybe like a Brandon Cooks or a uh, Keenan Allen, or, you know, that kind of guy. And, you know, running backs like David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, that just makes them, you know, cream of the crop even more because of the number of balls they catch out of the backfield. Uh, as far as your your ten ten split, as far as running backs and wide receivers, I have a theory on it, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I it's what I believe is the case, and that is with so many running backs by committee, which is you know fantasy football players' nightmare is, is a, a coach that will hand the ball to either the hot hand or give it to each guy ten times. Or there's there's so few teams with the the bell cow back, you know, what people say, the three down back, that I yeah. think people are finding to grab those running backs early because there's not as many of them. So, you know, while there might be two, sometimes even three good receivers on a given team, you can't even say every single team in football has, you know, a running back. Uh, you go to Tampa Bay, they have Doug Martin, Jacquez Rogers. You go to the Jets, they have Bilal Powell and Matt, Matt Forte. I mean, you can go all around the league and, and, there's, and there's situations like that. So I think... And my, my theory is that people are grabbing the great running backs because there are so few of them. So you're grabbing them early, knowing there's going to be wide receivers waiting for you. Uh, is, getting back to your uh, previous comment there, Ryan, is there a reason that I would be wanting to seek out the New York Jets for anything? I mean, you, you mentioned their running back, but, like, why do I? <laughs> I mean, really, is Bilal, is Bilal Powell that valuable a commodity? I mean, he does play, after all, for the Jets, who you may end up having a very anemic offense this year, unless you think otherwise. No, uh, there's not a lot for the Jets this year. It's, it's looking like an uglier season. Uh, Quincy Nunwell was was kind of a popular name, but now he's out for the year. So, I mean, Powell, and as much as I had previously buried Matt Forte, uh, they cut everyone else on the roster basically over the age of 25 except Matt Forte. So I have to believe they're going to use him at some point. So I don't know if they're going to have both running backs in, in the field at the same time. Both Powell and Forte are both good pass-catching backs. So maybe one's going to line in the slot and one's going to run out of the backfield. I don't really know. Uh, Robbie Anderson is an interesting name at wide receiver. Uh, he looked good at times towards the end of the year. Uh, so he's kind. I, I guess he's their number one guy now. I don't know who's going to be their number one guy, but he seems to be the uh, the best candidate. And at tight end, they have Austin Farian Jenkins, who's had kind of a nightmare career uh, between getting in trouble with his team and. Uh, alcohol abuse apparently he's been clean since january he's looked very good in, in training camp but he's not someone that you're going to draft he's someone you're going to watch early and uh you know if he gets off to a good start grab him but hopefully he's turning his life around and, and dedicating it to football well yeah hopefully uh, that's the case uh getting back to your earlier comment about ppr i guess i'm also a proponent of it so i am glad to hear that uh uh, the you still feel there's a use for it out there. I, I like it as well. Of course, you know, you know being here in the, in the Boston area and, and loving my Patriots, uh, you know, a guy like James White to me in a PPR league has a lot of value, but in a standard league, you know, maybe not so much. Yep, uh, definitely. He's, he's been going in all our mock drafts. 
Theo Riddick in uh, Detroit is another one of those guys who's going to be picked up and have extra value in PPR. Uh, Duke Johnson in Cleveland is another uh, you know good pass catching back out of the backfield. So it definitely brings some guys. Uh, Danny Woodhead's another one comes to mind. Definitely brings some guys into the forefront in, in standard formats you might not think about. Well, let's talk a little bit about, I guess, and we've kind of been uh, talking somewhat about this too, uh, you know, the overall uh, draft strategy. Again, we're being joined here by Ryan Hallam of FightingChanceFantasy.com on the 2017 Fantasy Football edition of the TOST Toddcast. And uh, so overall drafting strategy here, Ryan, I mean, you're saying, you know, obviously with, you know, the really good, the bell cow running backs, and by the way, I went back and listened to last year's uh, podcast we did together, and you used the same term, bell cow. I know that's, I know it's, I'm sure a lot of folks do, so I'm not making fun of you for that, but, uh, but obviously there are very few bell cows around. We get it. Um, so, right. So you, if you, if you're in the right position, you want to draft there early. Now I noticed, uh, looking at your most recent mock draft that you participated in, uh, you had the fourth overall pick in a 12 team draft and you opted to go wide receiver. You took Antonio Brown, which certainly is not a bad choice, but it kind of goes against a little what you're saying, unless you honestly felt that. You know, after the top three bell cows, there wasn't anyone other running back uh, worth taking with the first pick. Well, in a PPR format, I'm, I'm going to take Brown. I would have taken him third if I had the third pick. Uh, he's just so good. I mean, you look at his stats last year, and I don't have him up in front of me at the moment, but it was kind of a down year last year, and he had you know well over 100 catches. I think he had 12 touchdowns. So he's just been so consistent the past couple of years that uh, – Brown to me is, is the third best, so it's gonna you know my head. It's David Johnson, it's uh, Le'Veon Bell, and then it's uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, just because you know the, the there's so few guys out there. I mean, there are certain wide receivers that I'm gonna grab before running back, depending on who's available. Uh, and, and Brown is definitely one of them. At, you know, for me in every draft. And uh, speaking of, of those bell cow backs, uh, the ones you just mentioned, you did not mention there Ezekiel Elliott, who went uh, number five in your most recent mock draft. But we should point out that you you conducted that mock draft prior to the punishment, uh, the six game suspension being handed down for Elliott. So uh, where do, what does that uh, put Elliott's draft stock at right now? Let's just go under the assumption that even under appeal, that the suspension remains at six games. Where where now are you looking to uh, draft Elliott? in your, your draft, or what advice would you, you tell people that are looking to take him? You know, and I haven't done one since then, and we're doing another one on Thursday, and I'm so interested to see where he falls. Uh, personally, I have not touched him in my rankings yet, although I haven't touched anybody in my rankings yet. But I don't think this is over. I'm not saying this is going to be, sorry to bring it up, the flake gate and go for two years, but I don't think that the story is quite being told yet. Uh, well, it took 13 months to investigate everything. At least that's right. what we're being told. I mean, he, he's, he wasn't charged with anything, which doesn't mean he shouldn't be suspended because the NFL is not the law. So, I mean, they can suspend you without being arrested. They've done it before. Well, it's the new personal conduct policy, right, which came out in the aftermath of, of the Ray Rice uh, the scenario. So it's it's funny. like you know, Things I'm reading is, again, like with Brady, the league really wants to get this guy. They wanted to stick. Not only did he have that, he had the stupid thing where he pulled the girl's shirt down in Mardi Gras, which I don't know how big of a deal that was personally. Uh, but then he punched, apparently punched some DJ out a few weeks ago. So he's got some trouble uh, surrounding him. I, I did ask a, a guy that I've had on one of my shows before. Uh, he had done a draft. I asked him where Elliot went. He said he went in the fourth round. Uh, you know, if he misses six weeks, 
Dallas has the bye in week seven, so you're not even getting him until week eight. Most fantasy playoffs start week 14, so that you're drafting five weeks of Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I hate to say I don't want to touch him because he is so good, uh, but you better draft kind of heavy running back-wise if, if you decide to take him. Uh, he doesn't really even have a clear backup between Darren McFadden and Alfred Morris. I, I don't know which guy is going to get the more carries. Uh, McFadden is a little bit better ball uh, pass catcher. Morris is a little bit more, uh, you know, between the tackles kind of runner, but I don't know that either one of them is, is going to run with the job. So I'm not saying you can draft Elliott in the first round and then make sure you get his backup because I, I can't even say which one is definitely going to be there. So it's a very dangerous proposition for you to take him knowing he's going to miss, in all honesty, you know, before the playoffs, two-thirds of the year. So uh, I'm probably going to stay away from him as much as I, I think he's awesome. I drafted him in the league last year, and he carried me almost to the championship. But, yeah. ooh, that's, that's a lot of the season to miss. No, you're absolutely right, Ryan, and that's a great point you brought up with Dallas's bye week hitting in week seven. If the six games holds up, he's not back till week eight, and then most you know, most uh, fantasy seasons end after 14 weeks. So, yeah, you're talking you know, seven weeks, basically, and uh, you know, if, you're, if you're lucky. Quick digression while we're talking about this, uh, about this Ezekiel Elliott news. Do you buy into, I heard a conspiracy theory. Are you buying into any of this conspiracy theory I'm about to throw at you? Uh, the reason why the NFL has come down so hard on Ezekiel Elliott is that uh, Robert Kraft, after he was assessed uh, uh, the Patriots and the, and the Brady punishment by the commissioner, uh, you know, obviously we know he and, and the commissioner have been talking regularly and, you know, they still get together. Do you think he sort of planted the bug in uh, in his ear to say, you know, hey, maybe, you know, look what's going on with this Ezekiel Elliott thing in Dallas. Maybe you should go uh, check that out or something. You buy into any of that kind of conspiracy theory? Because remember uh, that Jerry Jones came out vehemently in favor of the punishment to Tom Brady. So is this Kraft kind of returning the favor? What do you, Or do you buy that that could have happened? Uh, it, it seems like a bit of a long shot, but I wouldn't, wouldn't put anything past him. I know uh, up there it was a very uh, unfavorable outcome, shall I say, with, with everything with Brady last year. So uh, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if Kraft uh, tries to stick it to someone else. It, it's funny because, you know, Kraft and Jones now, you know, Fidel is going right against some of the power owners in the league. So if he suspended Tom Brady for four games, I don't see any reason why he would you know, have any problem going after Elliott, a second-year player for six. And what's the greater likelihood? I'll, I'll take this conspiracy uh, theory one more level further. What's the greater likelihood that this could have really happened if, say, Belichick went to Kraft and suggested this? Because we all know how much Belichick likes to cut corners, right? Absolutely. And maybe they'll take, uh, you know, the— <laughs> Eliminate your competition. <laughs> or they'll take the, uh, take the attention off the Patriots for a little while. Maybe they can— uh... Well, and it, and it, realistically, it weakens the Cowboys, who are one of the top teams competing you know, with you know the Patriots for a Super Bowl. Sure, absolutely. So there you go. Well, anyway, sorry for the digression. Let's get back to, to fantasy here. So yeah, I know, but you know that's very interesting on uh, Elliott. Uh, certainly, uh, and like you said, you've got another mock draft coming up this week. And uh, yeah, I would, I'd have to think based on what you've said that you're now you're you're taking them from a, a first round pick in all these mock drafts, probably to I don't know what that you have to be like minimum maybe fifth or sixth round. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I mean, I mean he's still going to put up the numbers in the limited time he's out there, assuming he's healthy. Right, and you know the other thing with fantasy football, and you know every league is different. A lot of leagues I play in, the bench isn't very deep, so you're also taking up a roster spot. 
uh, which in football is important because you have bye weeks, you know, starting week four. So, you know, and there's always a lot of injuries. So, you know, roster spots in fantasy football are, are kind of gold. You know, you pretty much need everyone. Baseball, you can kind of mail in a few towards the end. But, you know, you kind of have a lineup and you set it and go. Football, you're always rotating people in, injuries, bye weeks, and just performance. So it's tough to also just sop up a, a roster spot for half a year. All right. Well, let's uh, start running down some of these guys here. Uh, let's start by, uh, how about I just throw this at you? Can you give me five players that you would definitely draft on your teams and five guys you definitely want to avoid? Now, these probably aren't sleepers. These are more just of, of big-name players who are being drafted You know, in all these mock drafts. Who are guys you're really targeting uh, as opposed to five guys that maybe you're really avoiding? One guy I really like, I guess I'll try to go through position, try to do that a little bit. As okay. Quarterback, I like to try to get one of the big guys, uh, which now to me is down to three guys, Rodgers, Breeze, and Brady. Uh, Andrew Luck kind of was my number four, but with his shoulder problems, I- I'm really kind of shying away from him. Football is a tough sport. He has a bad offensive line, and for him to go into the season injured scares the crap out of me. So. I really do like to get one of the top three guys, either Rodgers, Breeze, or Brady. I really don't care which one because they're all three are so good. So those are three uh, as far as quarterbacks that I'm after. Running backs I really like, you know, obviously David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell, so I'm not even going to bother with them. Uh, but later in the first round I like Melvin Gordon for the Chargers a lot. Jordan Howard of the Bears I like a lot. Uh, and I'm coming around on Todd, uh, Todd Gurley. Like I was talking earlier with the new offense out in uh, for L.A., I think he can – he can uh, turn it back around towards his rookie year. But the guy I like the most probably at running back, I know his, his draft position keeps going up, is rookie Dalvin Cook for the Vikings. Uh, he just kind of does it all. If you look at his stats in Florida State, they're, they're like video game numbers. Uh, and he doesn't have a whole lot of competition for carries. They have Latavius Murray who came over for Oakland, but he's hurt always and isn't really all that good to begin with. Uh, so I think Cook has the chance of all the rookies to really make a splash, and he's being drafted a couple rounds after, you know, the big rookies Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey. So if you can t- uh, target Cook, fifth, sixth, seventh round, I think you've got a, a an absolute steal there. Uh, what, I know I'm going way more than five. But. Well, no, that's okay. Actually, let me. Uh, you can keep going with them, Ryan. But I, I do want to kind of quickly talk about what you, who the guys you just brought up. Uh, first of all, I can tell you like uh, Todd Gurley, who by the way has a great first name. Uh, aside from that, I noticed in your last mock draft you took him in the second round, and that's a good pickup coming back uh, with uh, what was it like the 21st overall pick. So that's uh, yes. that, that's good uh, value there, certainly. Uh, and I agree with you with regards to uh, Luck being a huge risk. Although I noticed in your mock draft in the sixth round you took. Dante Moncrief. Now, I guess the continuation here is guys like T.Y. Hilton and Moncrief, what value do they now have if, you know, Lux Health is such a big question mark? They definitely uh, definitely takes a hit. They don't have a very good backup. Uh, his name is escaping me at the moment, but I know it's not anybody very good. Yeah, and, and that did come into play with me making that pick. I almost didn't do it. I remember actually at the time I was going to take Pierre Garçon, who went the next pick. Uh, but you know, Luck is supposed to be healthy. Uh, Moncrief had a pretty good year, even with Luck, you know, subpar last year. He's got a world of talent. He keeps getting a little bit better. I think he has the, the opportunity to be a top 20 wide receiver, which, you know, he's not being drafted as now. So I think the opportunity for him to really outperform his draft status is why I ended up actually taking it. And it's a mock draft, so honestly it doesn't count. 
Oh, well, of course. There you go. They, that's always the, the great fallback is that eh, who cares who I drafted? Won't matter anyway. Uh, before you get through the rest of your guys who you really like, uh, with those quarterbacks, uh, I would agree. You know, I guess if the health wasn't an issue, I, I would consider putting Roethlisberger in at least or, or closer to that group only because, you know, he's got Antonio Brown and he's got Matavius Bryant who could maybe have a uh, a breakout year. I mean, where does he, is he like in the next tier below those, below uh, Rodgers, Brady, and Breeze? He is my number four if you go to my rankings. It seems like a lot of people who do what I do are very, very down on Roethlisberger and I don't understand it. And my reasoning is pretty much exactly what you said. He's got the best wide receiver in Antonio Brown. His running back is also one of the best, catches a ton of balls out of the backfield. Martavis Bryant coming back, a big, you know, eight touchdown year a couple of years ago. He had a couple of young guys. They drafted Juju Schuster-Smith. If you like all of his weapons, how can you not like the quarterback? I mean, yeah. he's supposed to throw this guy the ball. It's not going to be the backup. Their backup sucks. And so it's Roethlisberger, so I have no idea why. Let's see. I'm trying to look, look at my last draft, four, five, six. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. He was the 12th quarterback taken. I can't figure that out for the life of me, but I was thrilled to have him. Uh, to me, he's number four. He, he Sure, he has a little bit of health concerns, but I mean, it's football, anybody can go down. So I, I just think his, his injury history is, is being way overblown, and I really love Roethlisberger this year. Well, and if you want to stay away maybe from uh, the, the injury history, staying in the AFC North, what about Andy Dalton as a fantasy option? Not as necessarily your number one guy, but maybe someone you're getting in the middle rounds. Yes, he's a great number two. I, I wouldn't want to count my season on Andy Dalton, but I do really like him. A.J. Green is one of the best. Uh, they drafted, shoot, what's that kid's name they drafted? John Ross uh, in the top ten this year. Uh, they had another guy they drafted kind of high. Um, Everyone's name's escaping me now, Todd. <laughs> I'm glad you came prepared to this podcast. You, you're, you're right up there with most of our other guests. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you this while we're still on the subject of quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, who do you like better? I'm, I'm more of a Winston guy. Uh, I just think he's more of a prototypical NFL quarterback. Uh, Mariota gets you a little extra points because he does it with his legs. Uh, Tennessee brought in a bunch of guys this year. They brought in um, Eric Decker. And they just have they have an even more explosive offense this year, and they have a good running game to keep you know defenses, uh, you know off of him. But I just like Winston a lot. They brought in Deshaun Jackson. Uh, Mike Evans is my number two wide receiver. I think he's great. They drafted O.J. Howard at tight end. They still have Cameron Brate from last year. Tampa just has an embarrassment of, of riches to throw the ball to, and I think Winston is going to be really good this year. Uh, last quarterback question I have before you get back to your other guys you like at some of the other positions, because uh, I feel compelled to mention this being you know here in, here in greater Boston and, of course, Boston College not too far away either. Uh, Matt Ryan, uh, does uh, he continue to just put up the MVP numbers? Uh, is there any kind of hangover from from that uh, that that wonderful Super Bowl Fifty One last year? What a memorable game that was! Maybe not for Matt Ryan in the second half, but what do you what do you think about him as a, as a fantasy guy? I mean, obviously, all the pieces, uh, the talent is all still there around him. I think he's going to take a, a significant step back, uh, just because I, I don't think he was as good as he was last year. Uh, it just kind of all came together. I still have him as you know the, my top ten, but I have him right at ten. I think you're going to see him go back under 30 touchdowns, still throw for 4,000 yards, throw some more interceptions. His offensive coordinator came to my 49ers as their head coach. So things will be a little different. There's a lot of talent there, but I just don't see him being the guy he was last year. 
All right. Uh, what other, uh, you said you were going to run down other guys you like at uh, different positions. I think we were up to the wide receivers. So. Wide receivers early, I like Jordy Nelson a lot in Green Bay. He was awesome last year coming off ACL surgery. Uh, Is he fully back, by the way, or? From, oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. Catches, you know, 12 touchdowns last year. I think he's okay. great. I, I love Terrell Pryor in Washington. Uh, he was good last year on the freaking Browns, so now he actually goes to a team with a real offense and a real quarterback. He's flying up the draft boards in my mock drafts. He went in the middle of the second round this year. I don't think most people listening to your show will have to deal with that kind of value. So if you can get Terrell Pryor's fourth round or later, I think that's going to be uh, really good. Stefan Diggs for the Vikings is a guy I really like. You know, their offense was absolute crap last year, and he still had 80 catches. So, uh, Diggs is a guy that I really don't like the uh, the Minnesota offense very much, and I just said I really like their running back and now one of the wide receivers, so I guess maybe I like it more than I thought. But uh, Right, are... because Bridgewater's still out, right? It's going to be Bradford uh, quarterbacking yeah. again, Bradford. which is, yeah, right. Anyway, I'm sorry. Meredith keep, keep is, is one. Cam Meredith is a wide receiver for the Bears. Uh, you're going to get towards the end of your draft. Uh, I'm sorry, Cam Meredith? Yeah, Cameron Meredith. Cam. Oh, okay. Yep, got it. He had a few good games last year. <laughs> I'm taking notes here, Ryan, because I haven't done my research yet. That's half the reason we're doing this show. It's also to, you know, placate my own personal needs as well as our, our listening audience. But it's afterwards, can't you? <laughs> what? I can listen afterwards? Yes, that is true. You're right. I'm taking up valuable time. Keep going. I also kind of like Brandon Marshall for the Giants. I think he's going to be motivated on a good team. Uh, he's kind of a big mouse, and, and but when things aren't going his way, he kind of pouts and doesn't play very well. But when Marshall, if you check his stats when he's been on winning teams, he's been really good, and I expect the Giants to be a pretty good team. So I like Brandon Marshall towards the middle rounds as well. Does Eli Manning still have anything left, though, to, to get the ball to those talented, obviously between Marshall and Odell Beckham Jr.? I mean, what, uh, I mean, good receivers are there, but, I mean, you know, does Eli still have something left in the tank? He's getting up there in age himself. Uh, he is, and he's never missed a game, but I, yeah, I expect Eli to have a nice bounce-back year. Uh, you know, the problem is their, their offensive line hasn't been great, so, and they haven't been able to run the ball at all. So it's just it has to throw constantly. He's been, you know, have guys rushing at him more than ever before, and hopefully they've, they've you know, fortified that line a little bit. But I just think, yeah, I think it's going to be a big bounce-back year for Manning. I think he's too good, and the, t- the players around him are too good for him to be bad again this year. You want to mention some tight ends you like, since we're still on the uh, subject of, of the, your, your up players? Uh, if you want to go later on, uh, Hunter Henry for the Chargers. He had eight touchdowns last year. Antonio Gates is still there, but I expect him to kind of take that role over as the lead uh, tight end for the Chargers. Gates is old and broken, so I don't know how much he's even going to be able to be on the field anymore. Uh, I hate him, but Jimmy Graham kind of had a, a comeback performance last year. So I, 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 he's definitely a starting fantasy tight end as much as I really, really, really dislike him. Uh, I still have Gronk, your man Gronk, as my number one. Yeah, there you go. Well, except he's not going to play the entire preseason. So to tell you the truth, no one's going to have any clue how he's going to recover from this uh, offseason back surgery. And that's why if you draft him or if you draft Jordan Reed in Washington, who's already injured also, you better get a you better get a backup. Ooh. Don't go into you know get and not any backup. Get a good backup. So if you're going to draft a guy like Gronkowski or Jordan Reed, you're going to have to spend another pick, you know, eighth ninth round on a tight end. Maybe a guy like Eric Ebron uh, for the Lions. Uh, Delaney Walker in Tennessee seems to go later than I don't know why. Uh, Zach Ertz in Philly is another guy I like. But... How about my? Uh, here's my sleeper pick because I, I, you know, he's us polls have to stick together. C.J. Fedorowitz. 
I don't like him because I don't like to have to type his name because I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> that is a bad excuse to not like a guy. <laughs> That's why I don't like <laughs> him. <laughs> Good thing you don't have to type my name anywhere. Otherwise, you, you probably wouldn't be on this uh, on the Toddcast here. Uh, back to quarterbacks really quick. Then we're going to get to the guys you don't like. But uh, one other quarterback I just wanted to mention quick, Derek Carr. What are your thoughts on, on his love fantasy him, season? Love him, love him, love yeah. him. He's one of my favorites. Uh, I have him as my seventh overall. Uh, but I think he's got the ability to even be better than that. Uh, he's, he's still just getting better. Uh, Mari Cooper's a beast. Michael Crabtree still got it going on. Uh, I, I love Carr. Okay. All right. I want but, but, actually, I'll just take this opportunity to remind everyone this is the uh, uh, 2017 edition of the Fantasy Football uh, TOST Toddcast. Todd Blonier is being joined by Ryan Hallam of FightingChanceFantasy.com. His Twitter handle is at FightingChance. He has a live podcast Wednesday nights at 10 o'clock Eastern for anyone listening outside of the uh, Eastern time zone. And uh, he'll uh, take all your uh, your questions and queries. Uh, now we've just gone over the guys you like. How about a bunch of guys that you don't like and that you're avoiding in all your mock drafts? All right, so a couple at each position. We talked about Andrew Luck already, so I won't beat up on him some more. The other guy I'm just not high on, we also talked about Matt Ryan, but the third one is Russell Wilson for Seattle. Their offensive line just isn't very good. They haven't been able to run the ball. He's running for his life at all all times. He's been getting banged up the past couple years. He's being drafted as the fifth or sixth best quarterback in my drafts, and I just don't see it. I I just don't see – He's got a bunch of no-name receivers out there. Everybody knows Doug Baldwin at this point, but I don't even know how good he is. I'm just—I'm not a huge Russell Wilson fan. Uh, Running back number one, and all the Patriot fans will like me say I don't believe in Jay Ajayi for the Dolphins. Uh, Blew out both knees in college. He's dealing with a concussion already in preseason, and he had a lot of—you know—either 200-yard games or 35-yard games. Uh, without a lot in between, and he's being drafted late first, early second round, and I don't want a guy that that is that up and down that early in drafts. Uh, I, not that he's the, the late guy anymore. I'm not drafting Adrian Peterson. Uh, I still think that um, Mark Ingram is going to do most of the ball carrying in New Orleans. Uh, he's also not much of a pass catcher, Peterson, so I'm not 100% sure where his, his big value is going to come from. Uh, as far as wide receiver, I hate it. I hate Odell Beckham, but I can't. <laughs> I can't unfortunately vote against his talent. But uh, as guys, I don't like. He's probably the one guy that I will let my personal bias come in and not let me draft him because I really. So even if he was sitting there as the best player on the board at your and you were next to pick, you would. Uh... God, it would be really hard. <laughs> I, I guess I probably would. But, no, but you, your, your, your bias against him is more just for what his off-field stuff and his attitude. I mean, it's not; it has nothing to do with his sheer talent. Am I right? Or no, what, oh, no, okay. absolutely. No, okay. he, he, I, you know, that's what I said. I said I can't argue with his talent. Although I think he's got something going on with those gloves by the, some of these catches that he makes. They're just not normal. Uh, but no, I, I, I have him ranked third in my ranking, so I understand the talent. But I really, really, I almost rather lose with him, uh, lose without him, than win with him. Okay. Is that is that too much? Yeah, no, I, I I get it. No, we all have our own uh, you know personal biases. That's again, that's why we were we're asking you, anyone else in uh, particular. Uh, uh, you want to say I've never been a Julio Jones fan. Uh, really? You really have to draft him really high, fifth, sixth overall, and he's only had ten touchdowns once in his career. I know he puts up a lot of yards and a lot of catches, but fantasy football is really a lot based on t- you know, touchdowns is where the points are at. 
So I just think other guys around him, Brown, Beckham, Mike Evans, A.J. Green, Jordy Nelson, these are all guys who are double-digit touchdowns every year. So I, I'm not a Julio Jones guy. I'm not going to draft him. Uh, well, if the Super Bowl was a fantasy game and you had drafted him for that game, I mean, he only had four catches, so if it had been PPR, uh, you wouldn't have gotten a whole lot out of uh, Jones, and certainly he didn't get into the end zone that evening. Yeah. <laughs> he had that one incredible catch that everyone remembers, which would have been an incredible catch had uh, had the uh, coaching staff decided to run the ball after that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, well, their losses, the Patriots gain. Ah, yes, okay. And, and I can't think of any tight end that I would really d- dislike. Really? Ah. Well, Antonio Gates you brought up earlier because he's just broken down and useless at this point. Yeah, he's, I don't even know how relevant. How about Jason Witten? I mean, he doesn't have much left in the tank. No, yeah, he's another guy. If you're drafting him, it's a backup. And I have him behind your boy's door. With, I have him my 20th. How about Kobe Fleener? I had him last year, and oh, I figured Breeze is throwing to him. This is going to be the perfect place for him, and I was so just, like, disappointed in him. Tell me, should I, should I even consider Fleener this year? You know, to me, there's too many other guys that I have more confidence in than him. He def- he could. I was thinking about him the other day. And I'm like, should I crank him way up my rankings? Because we saw him before. He's really good. And then he gets to New Orleans, a great situation with a great quarterback that throws all the time. And not only did he not get that many targets, he dropped a lot that he got. So uh, the talent is definitely there. Uh, if you want him as your back, if you draft Gronkowski or, or – Jordan Reed, is, and you want him as your backup, I'm okay with him there, but uh, I'm a long way from putting him as my starting tight end. So what you're, you're telling me, Ryan, is that you think that uh, Fleener's a tweener on your draft board, right? Fleener so. is a tweener. Okay. All right. Uh, last tight end question here. We didn't bring him up on the uh, guys who could be good, but, uh, you know, again, Patriot ties here no longer, but he was on last year's Super Bowl champs, Martellus Bennett, with the Packers, Aaron Rodgers. I mean... I'm looking at the math here. I would think he'd be a fantasy stud maybe, right, or no? I have him as my ace. I do like him, I think, uh, and I think I like him more than most people, and pretty much for that reason. Uh, he you know, reinvented himself. He got himself in a winning situation, and like, like Brandon Marshall, when he's in a, in, a, in a winning situation, he's so much better. Uh, Green Bay doesn't tend to use their tight end as much as some other passing teams, but they also haven't had a lot of great tight ends. Uh, in quite a while. I don't know if the name Jermichael Finley rings a bell to you, but that was probably the last decent tight end that they had, and he was you know, a lot of hype but didn't turn out to be that great. So I, I like Bennett. I think he's going to be good. They, uh, the Packers used they had a nah, another guy. It's just, who the heck was the Well, guy? last year, Jared Cook in the playoff game against the uh, the Falcons. Or, or, yeah, against the Falcons, right? Am I thinking? Or no, the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys game that they won, right? They won that game. Uh, yeah, I mean, he looked. I mean, that's who Rodgers was looking for at the big spots in that game. I mean, maybe that had somewhat to do with matchups, too. But uh, Cook obviously made some big catches uh, on that last drive, uh, helping uh, Green Bay knock Dallas out of the playoffs. And so, I mean, I, I think. You know, maybe that's not quite that. That's a little overrated. The uh, that Rogers doesn't like his tight ends. I mean, again, a guy like Bennett with good hands. I mean, I think he might want to get him more involved in the offense. Yes, I, I I do. I like him a lot. I think he's not my top five, but he's inside my top ten. 
Fair enough. How about that? Very let's let's devote a whole like maybe a minute here to the defense and kickers. Tell us what your strategy is on these guys. I mean, do we absolutely wait till the very end of our drafts for them, or or if it's like the Vikings defense on the board or like a rule stud defense, maybe we grab them a little earlier. I have some friends who like will draft these guys in the you know they'll draft that stud defense in the middle rounds. I tend to be more of a streamer. Uh, you know, uh, I'm talking fantasy wise. Uh, you know that I'll pick up defenses. You know, maybe week to week now and. Uh, try to load up on other talent, uh, but what's your thought on this? That is becoming more of a trend, the streaming you know, defenses. Um, I, I can't say I'm, I'm doing that. The most I could see drafting a defense or a kicker is maybe the round, you know, the, the two rounds before the end. I just can't get behind drafting them too early. I understand the thought process to me, or at least the way I, I, I figure is, they're in your lineup every week. Why not get somebody good over drafting somebody who's going to be on your bench? But going back to what I said earlier, your whole roster in fantasy football really, really matters uh, because of bye weeks and injuries and everything else. So to take a round eight pick on a defense, I don't care how good they are, to me isn't sound drafting, even less on kickers because to me they're, they're really it's hard to figure who's going to be what, what week except for Justin Tucker, who's pretty much money every week. Uh, so I'm more of a wait till the end kind of guy, uh, and then you know you see who falls. You know where in the draft do you do you fall in the middle? So you get like a middle tier one. Do you fall in the beginning? But Minnesota, Denver uh, are real good. I really like the Giants this year, and I'm getting them in pretty much all of my mocks, no matter where I I fall. I, I'm not really sure why no one's on the Giants this year. They, they well, what what tell us what makes the Giants defense so good and why they'd be a hot fantasy commodity. They were awesome last year. Uh, they have good pass rushes, so you're going to rack up points with sacks. And then uh, between Landon Collins and, and some of their secondary, they're also good at interceptions. And Collins, I want to say, brought three back for a touchdown himself. So uh, you get a defense who brings a, you know a score as well as you know good low points. It's it's just it's money. So they're not they're not. You probably want to go Denver, Minnesota, Houston. You know maybe top three. But after that, I'm really liking the Giants. Yeah, I'm looking at one cheat sheet that has uh, the Giants defense ninth overall. I mean, is it possible maybe they just have a tough schedule this year? Maybe uh, maybe they're being ranked based on like some of the quarterbacks they're going up against. It could be because I mean their defense. Their, I mean, sorry, their division isn't bad. Offensive teams between Philly, uh, Washington, and Dallas. So it's not like they get a couple cupcakes like uh, some team in the New England area gets, gets multiple <laughs> cupcakes every year because of their division. But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, but in their in the Patriots' defense and to defend their defense, I mean, I think you know, our, you know, all this talk that I've heard from friends of mine who go, oh, 19 and 0, they can. I'm going, that, just shut the f up on that because that has no chance of happening. Last year, it might have had a shot based on the cupcake uh, quarterbacks they were facing. They're facing some good quarterbacks this year: Carr, Breeze, Ryan, Cam Newton. I mean, even even though we've kind of dissed some of these guys fantasy wise, they're still good quarterbacks. And you know, I know the Patriots improved in their secondary, but they're not going to shut all those guys down. No, but they're a very good defense also. They'd be in my top ten if I brought myself the ranking defenses. Even without a pass rush? Uh, they just, I just think they're they're very good all around. Uh, they have six cupcakes on their schedule based on their division. <laughs> That's and true. Their coach is, is a genius, and they're just the offense control. their offense controls the game and keeps their defense off the field. So they have a lot of things going for them, even if they don't necessarily have big game guys at every position. All right. Any defenses we should avoid or kickers we should avoid? Um, really quick. Cleveland. 
No, actually, Cleveland's not a terrible defense. But... Is there anybody on Cleveland that we would be interested in from a fantasy aspect? Isaiah Crowell, their running back, has been going a little bit sooner than I think he did, but he's uh, their offensive line is actually very good. So uh, if you're you know your second wide uh, second running back, he's actually pretty decent. I want to say he had eight touchdowns last year. So Isaiah Crowell is actually a pretty decent uh, running back option. Kenny Britt came over from the Rams. And he had a thousand yards, and I want to say six touchdowns on the worst offense in the history of offense last year. <laughs> so I know the Browns aren't much better, but you know, late in your draft, if you want to look at Kenny Britt, uh, he is uh, he could be an option. And they just drafted their tight end, uh, David Joku. He was oh, I can't remember what draft pick they had. They drafted him in the first round and immediately cut their tight end. Uh, rookie tight ends don't tend to to uh, excel, but. I, I don't know. They they were really, really excited to get the guy. Like I said, cut their original tight end immediately. So I have a feeling they're going to try to get get involved. I can't believe I provided myself with the perfect segue here because nobody epitomizes the word or the term sleeper like the Cleveland Browns. So uh, why don't we talk about, uh, I wanted to ask you, Ryan, about some of your other sleeper guys that you you like uh, or, you know, guys that, you know, that are kind of a little lower down on the draft board. I'll start with a name I'll throw out here. Uh, what about the uh, the backup running back for the uh, the Raiders, uh, Was- Dwayne Washington? Is that his name? Or Duvall? No, something. Yeah. D- no, Devontae Washington. Is that right? He's backing up Marshawn Lynch, who hasn't played in a year. And, I mean, I, does this guy have a chance to maybe, uh, you know, take over that position sooner rather than later? Uh, I really like um, Marshawn Lynch this year. I know okay. he's a year off, but I don't really think that he— So he's well-rested is what you're saying. Well, he's also—he's well-rested. He goes <laughs> to a team with a great offensive line. He goes— uh, it's actually DeAndre Washington, the guy you're talking about. Of course, I, I knew it was something like that. I had the first letter right. There's a lot of D Washington, so you can get away with it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> but there's, I, I think Lynch only came back because it's a good situation. So he's got a good offensive line. He's got a good passing game, so that they can't just stick eight in the box. So I think uh, I think uh, Lynch is going to be very good. Uh, Washington didn't look great as a rookie. Uh, they also have Jalen Richard on the roster, who did, you know, had some good games last year. So he's got a little bit of a competition right now. It looks like Washington's number two, but he also has Richardson right behind him. So that's kind of a little bit of a crowded situation. So what other uh, sleepers uh, do you like out there? It's a lot of second-string running backs to be to look at, or, and some aren't even second-string, or, or might not be second-string. And a guy who's getting no love is Jeremy Hill. For the Bengals, they drafted Joe Mixon, and everyone seems to think that he is just going to take the job and run with it, but I'm very skeptical of Mixon. So I kind of like Hill. I mean, he's been their starter. Uh, he went in the 10th round in our last draft, so, I mean, you're getting really late, so you're not even putting a lot of, uh, you know, risk into it. So a guy like Jeremy Hill has already had a pretty decent career, somebody I like. Um, same thing in Seattle, Thomas Rawls. Uh, he's a little bit of a hard time staying healthy, but he could be their lead back. He went our 13th round in our last draft. Everyone likes Eddie Lacy, uh, but he's big and fat and slow and can't stay healthy. And I would think if Eddie Lacy was going to be any good, he would have had more of a market than than Seattle. Uh, I, I kind of like Rawls to take the take the job and run with it, and he's in the 13th round. Uh, another guy I like is Jacquez Rogers in Tampa Bay. I brought him up a little earlier. Uh, he's uh, Doug Martin is a three-game suspension, so he's going to clearly miss the first three games, which I expect Rodgers to start, and 
when he came in last year when, when Martin was hurt, he had a few hundred-yard games. He caught a few balls out of the backfield. So I have, if Rodgers can start off the season well, I think he might be able to give himself a little bit of a, a role even when Martin returns. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at some uh, receivers. I was reading something uh, actually just today. Uh, Jeremy Macklin uh, now in Baltimore and uh, taking over in the uh, slot uh, receiver role that was previously held by uh, Steve Smith. And in fact, I guess Smith kind of recruited Macklin uh, on board. I mean, Flacco, uh, granted, not a great quarterback. We didn't talk about him uh, during the fantasy quarterback segment. But uh, what do you think about Macklin, uh, you know, being a guy that you know, could uh, score a lot of points. Steven Smith had did, did a good job in the, playing the slot man in Baltimore, so what do you think of Macklin? I like him. I'm a little afraid. He really burned me last year with pretty much basically a season-long injury. Okay, well. Flacco is also hurt. Uh, he might be back for week one, but I'm not sure if he's going to be. So I'm a little concerned with the Baltimore passing game to begin with. It's, it doesn't tend to be like uh, – a really strong passing game to begin with. So I like uh, Macklin, not in love with him. Uh, if you're getting him round seven, eight later, I'm all right with it there. But if you're drafting him in the first five or six rounds, uh, he scares me a little bit. Okay. How about one good uh, sleeper uh, wide receiver? Uh, let's see. Who's a good sleeper wide receiver? Uh, let's go with Cooper Cup. He's uh, a rookie for the Rams. It's hurt, it hurts them a little bit that they the, they traded for Sammy Watkins, so now you have Sammy Watkins, uh, Robert Woods, and then Cup as, a, as the third guy uh, on an offense that might not support that many uh, uh, fantasy receivers. But he's come in, he's looked very good in camp. Uh, he's a guy I definitely have my eyes on towards the end of uh, drafts. Kevin White's another guy for the Bears. Uh, missed almost all of last year's rookie year. A world of talent. He was a top 10 pick uh, in 2016. So he is back and, and completely healthy. So if he can you know, put it together, White could be a great value towards the end of the draft. All right. Well, uh, I know we brought up some Patriots players earlier, Ryan, but uh, let's maybe uh, – I know obviously you like Brady as one of your top three fantasy quarterbacks. You mentioned Julian Edelman with the receivers and Gronk on tight ends. Uh, do any other Patriots have any kind of uh, over like full season value, or would it be a lot of it based on matchups? I noticed you didn't bring up Brandon Cooks, who obviously I think if he was still in New Orleans would be considered uh, a very high pick, and I think people have the fear that maybe Cooks is going to fall victim to – you know, one week he's gonna, you know, get all the, the he's gonna catch all the passes and get two hundred yards, a couple touchdowns, and next week, you know, he may not be a part of the offense at all. Well, that's kind of what he was in New Orleans, though. I mean, he wasn't a consistent, you know, eight catch, hundred yard kind of guy. He was, he had his boom games and some games where he wasn't so involved. So I think it's probably going to be a very similar kind of thing in in New England. But I do, I have, I have a lot of faith in him. I have him as my 14th wide receiver just because the talent is there. Reports are he's getting along, you know, good rapport with Brady for whatever, you know, preseason reports are worth. But he's just so damn fast. I mean, he can just get behind defenses in the blink of an eye, and you know, you know, number 12 can get him the ball pretty much wherever he needs to be. So, well, I don't think he's going to be, you know, a top 10 wide receiver. I definitely think he he can have big value this year. What about uh, Patriots running backs? I'm looking at one, uh, you know, ranking of the top 50 fantasy backs, and the only name I see here is James White in the 40s. Uh, do any other, you know, what about uh, Gillisley as a potential yeah, sleeper? Gilles, definitely. Uh, 
I have him in my 17th running back. Oh, I'm sorry. I do see him here. He's fifth. I missed. Okay. I forgot to mark him. You're right. He, he is ranked at the top 20. <laughs> So there's two Patriots running hey, backs. Hey, what magazine list. is this? Are you reading? No, no, no. I just it, it's it's the, it's not a case of what I'm reading. It's how I'm reading it because apparently I'm not reading it very closely. Yeah, uh, no. There's uh, you know Gillisley's ranked 15th on this list and uh, White. It, it's just Yahoo. So I, I printed it out. I'm not. It's, uh, I'm not going to say he's going to have 18 touchdowns like Blount did last year, but I think he's going to be the guy who's going to get most of the carries. I think he's got a shot at double digit touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, he you know he filled in for Lashawn McCoy very well last year in Buffalo. And I don't see any reason why he can't be just as good for the Bills. I'm sorry, for the Pats. Oh. Well, you know, while we're on the subject of this and what I'm looking at for my rankings here, what, uh, you know, how come famous, How come Fighting Chance doesn't uh, have their own, like, cheat sheets I can print out at a whim? I, I tried to do a cut and paste of your rankings with the with the pictures and everything. You know how hard it was to, like, <laughs> delete the pictures so there wouldn't be, like, 17 pages of, uh, of, of photographs? I that you clicked, did you figure out if you clicked the, fig, the pictures that were through there? Oh, apparently not. <laughs> I'm sorry. See, now all of you listening to this uh, podcast here should go to fightingchancefantasy.com uh, and go to the rankings and click on the pictures, and you will get factual information about these players and why why Ryan has ranked them where he has, right? My opinion, yeah. Okay. Uh, see, I wanted to put something, because we just had a, the whole site rebuilt this year. A guy did a great job. And I said to him, I was like, we should put something on there, you know, click the picture. To, to get the analysis. And he's like, oh, I don't like the way that'll look. Right, so uh, maybe I'm going to have to go revisit that. With well, him. what about the cheat sheet idea? Because, you know, a lot of these places now, they, they make you have to pay to get on the site or whatever, and a lot of people don't want to do that. They might just be, like, doing a Google search for free cheat sheets. I mean, if you guys thought, I mean, people, you might get more visitors to your site if you offered something like that. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. An Excel-type spreadsheet? Uh, yeah, well, like a, like a one-pager. So, like, if I go to my draft, I'm only holding up one piece of paper, and I'm looking looking up the names. And may, maybe you have a little extra thing on the side with the with your sleeper picks, uh, your your Cooper Cups. By the, by the way, Cooper Cups officially on my all-NFL name team. I have no idea who he is, but I just love the name Cooper Cup. I just – I mean, come on, isn't that a cool name? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely cool. Which makes it even better. What? I said he might actually have some relevance, which makes it even Well, better. there you go. Right. Okay. I'll put, Steve on, I'll put Steve on the cheat sheet idea. He's kind of the nerd <laughs> guy. He's okay. Num- he's the number guy. I'm, I, that, you know me. That's not really not me. Uh, I just, I just you know, throw out whatever's in my head and hope it sticks. Uh, but he, he kind of keeps me in check and, and makes me, you know, focus a little bit more. So he likes a little project like that. He still writes things down in notebooks. So but I'm like, put a one sheet ranking thing together he'll be right on that well you know maybe in that instance i'm thinking a little bit like steve but ryan i, I think you and i sometimes are a bit uh, kindred spirits because uh I'll, I'll throw something out here that you might be interested in i know you love doing first of all you, you know, a few years back when you did that tv sitcom madness the brackets and everything first of all i'm a tv sitcom junkie so i just love that and and i can go for that stuff can i give up bring up a suggestion for a future bracket absolutely okay tv sports themes like the the music, the musical themes, like you hear, like da 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 da, you know, like Fox versus you know Monday Night Football, da 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 da. I am like I'm such a geek for theme songs, both television, uh, like you know TV show theme songs, but even uh, you know, well, because those have kind of died because you know TV shows really don't have theme songs anymore, but uh, you know certainly sports still does, and I just when I hear certain songs, like I immediately know what I'm watching. I like that. I, I the, the only. Problem I perceive with that is telling them the sixty-four of them. 
Well, maybe make it 32 then. Uh, you can find 32. I'll help you find 32. How's that? If I like offer some themes up? I mean, there's rankings already. So, I mean, you could, I mean, I've gone to various sites to find some of these. Some people have a lot of time on their hands. <laughs> yeah, okay. I told you I was a geek when it comes to this stuff. Just, again, I'm throwing, I throwing that out there. Uh, so, uh, all right. Hey, uh, yeah, while we're here and we're kind of wrapping things up, uh, you, you obviously also on FightingChanceFantasy.com uh, for those people who are still uh, in uh, – competition in their fantasy baseball leagues of which i am i'm two for two i'm in both i'm in third place in one league and uh second in the other actually i think that's right as of today uh yeah i'm competing pretty well in both my fantasy baseball leagues i've never pulled a double double and even winning a, a single championship usually is a pretty tough challenge for me but uh uh any any fantasy baseball thoughts for the uh the rest of the year i mean uh, i i was able to pick up Raphael devers in one of my leagues for a relatively cheap price because uh, i had to pay real money out of my pocket it for him but uh, that's right that's crazy to me well it is but you know i i the day he the first day he was available on our waiver wire i got him for nine dollars i mean doesn't that look like a steal now that uh, is uh, you know for real money it's uh, not bad uh, <laughs> well i'm hoping to recoup some of this money when i win of course if i finish third i'm probably going to break even so i i bet i need to finish a little higher than third he hit two homers the other day, I saw. So he, was... he did. He did three and two games. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Bogarts, Betts, Bradley, uh, in the la since the All-Star break, have combined for three home runs, and Devers has hit three in the last two games. Uh, yeah, by the way, I should point out here for our, our listeners, of course, Ryan and I are kind of mortal enemies the next couple of days because my Red Sox are hosting his St. Louis Cardinals, who, uh, who have been playing very well lately. So, I, I mean, I know it's going to be a tough couple of uh, games for the Sox. Uh, as, of course, I know they're also going to be uh, celebrating. It's the 50-year anniversary of the uh, 1967 World Series. And uh, I know they're going to honor the Red Sox players. I don't know if any uh, car uh, any of the 67 Cardinals are going to, like, just show up uh, uh, randomly. I think that'd be great if they did. But uh, but uh, give is someone who was born the year that World Series was played, one, one of these two people uh, in this conversation... Uh, was uh, was a, at least a couple of months old. I know you were you weren't even a thought yet, but uh. no, <laughs> yeah. I didn't say that I was. <laughs> but yeah, no. Hey, can, you know your Cardinals are playing pretty well right now, though. Uh, you know, making a, a run in the uh, NL Central, which looks like it's up for grabs. Yeah, I, I don't see them going in here. Even if, even if some miracle they do in the division, I, I I just can't see them. They've just they've just played so sloppy this year. They've found creative ways to lose multiple times. I, I, this little run gets you a little excited. But I, I really can't see them making any kind of playoff run. Any, any American League players uh, from here to the rest of the season that you kind of like? I mean, our trade deadlines have passed, so it's not like I could deal for these guys. But maybe if somebody pops up on the waiver wire. Uh, I've pretty much run right into football mode. <laughs> <laughs> well, how are your fit? I mean, you do. You, I know you you do fantasy. You participate in fantasy baseball. How are your teams doing? Um, one's doing well. One's doing very well. The other two, not so well. Uh, I do a baseball league like I do the one, the football league that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to win, but you know, I like to I like to give other you know like like to see other people win. So that one I'm not doing very good in. My money league, I was doing really well, and then just injury after injury after injury after injury kind of just really kind of took me out of contention. So I I made a keeper trade for Chris Bryant, uh, so to set me up well for next year so uh, unfortunately just I, I was snake bitten in that one because i was i think i was 
want to say I was eight and four, and then I was eight and nine. So just... Oh, right. You're doing the head-to-head thing every week. You yeah, play yeah, a different... Yeah. yeah. It's been a long time since I've done head-to-head. Yeah. I, I, I do roto in one and points in the other, but it's... Uh, yeah. The whole uh, week, you know, head-to-head versus another opponent thing is... Uh, I like that. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's an interesting strategy because you don't always have to have the best team. It's just a case of... Uh, well, it's kind of like fantasy football. I mean, you just have to have your guys doing... You know, you're going up against, you know, your opponent who you hope all their players have down weeks and... They that your players are having an up week. and uh... Well, the other thing I like about it is you can have, like, a bad April and not be out of it. You can fall behind far enough in a Roto League or, you know, a season-long cumulative points league. Your season could be done by Memorial Day if you, you, know, if you have a couple injuries and get off to a bad start. Oh, yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> I've experienced that many times. In fact, when Memorial Day came this year and I noticed I was in first place in my league where I'm typically out of it by Memorial Day, I said, hey, this might be the year. And I'm I, right now I'm running a solid second in that league. So, uh, you, you know, I've, I've made, uh, you know, uh, a few moves. Uh, most of it's drafting, but uh, I did pick up a couple of players here and there along the way. Uh, traded for Hanley Ramirez, which might prove to be a mistake, but uh, didn't give up a whole lot to get him. So we will uh, we'll wait and see on that. Any other? We'll get back to football here as we kind of wrap up. Any other uh, general football advice? I mean, I could talk about other football things like uh, you know, uh, what do you think of the Rams' new uniforms that are sort of the new helmet matched with the old jersey, which kind of looks really weird. I just think all that crap is money grabs as a way to. Find another way to sell a jersey to somebody. I, I, I just, sometimes I wish they would just stick to one jersey and just go with it. What do you think about? Well, well I'll ask you a baseball question. What do you think this this thing where they're going to let them put whatever they want in the back of their jersey uh, next weekend? Oh well, I'm looking forward to uh, you know seeing Astros dog out there. Uh, you know. Uh... You know, it, I think emphasis right now is on the second word in that nickname, I think is what the fans might think of him if he actually dares come out of the dugout. I don't think he's going to be pitching uh, next weekend. Uh, my, my, old, my thoughts on that in general, I mean, it's for one weekend. Uh, you know, yeah, I think, right, it's more for merchandising. Like you say, it's a, it's a money grab first and foremost. If it helps a couple of kids go, ooh, that's kind of cool. I know, well, here's another reason why I do like it. Yankees fans are getting so ticked off. They're going, no, our Yankees can't, like, you know, have names on the backs of their home jerseys and no pinstripes, oh, you know. Oh, they're, like, having conniptions, which I love because anytime a Yankee fan, like, did you see, did you happen to see the video from, um, this was online, I guess, so the Sunday night game, Sox-Yankees, Devers hits that incredible home run off of Araldus Chapman. Uh, Chapman throws a 103-mile-an-hour pitch, and Devers hits it 106 miles to the, one of the deepest parts of New Yankee Stadium. And uh, there's this Yankees fan who, like, recorded this on video, and then for, yes, I, for some crazy reason he posted it online. I guess it's because Yankees fans are just generally stupid more than anything. But he posted it online, and it's going, yeah, here we go, here we go. And then all of a sudden you see the reaction. Ah, uh, brought me back to watching, like, Atlanta fans of the Super Bowl. Same thing. Oh, what a wonderful, you know. I'm sorry, us Boston people. We went through all that for years, so now it's it's Schadenfreude for everyone else. I'm sorry. Well, at least when it comes to the Yankees, I really don't care. You know, they can they can suffer as long as they want. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you don't care, right? You hate the Yankees too, right? I mean, you're a... yeah, absolutely. And I have to live here in New York, so I have to hear all their mouths all the time. It's so funny to listen to them. 
a judge was. Oh. Well, have you heard this talk about the about these? You know, you brought up the subject of these uh, special jerseys they're going to wear in a couple weeks with the nicknames on the back. Have you been hearing all this talk from the Yankee fans that are like all bent out of shape? That you know, first of all, like they seem to think it's like a permanent change. It's for three games. Come on, suck it up. I've seen it. I've seen it online. I had they haven't really been calling in yet, but. Uh, Aaron Judge was the greatest thing, MVP, all of this. Now they're all calling up. They want him either lowered in the lineup or taken out of the, out of the lineup completely. Like, how fast can you possibly turn on this kid? Did you really think he was going to hit 65 homers and hit 350 all year? Of course he had to slow down eventually. Well, it's just they're, they're the biggest asses in the history of the world. Well, they are. Every, <laughs> another thing I hate, and I don't know if you guys do that out in Boston, Yet or not, I'm sure eventually they will. Whenever they're talking trade deadline, they go, "Oh, I don't know if this guy could play in New York." Like it's a different friggin' game. Like, oh, I don't know if he could play in New York. It's just all right to have some more people asking you questions. It's the same damn game. Oh, like New York is this grand special place that you know the Wizard of Oz comes and you can only play baseball if you're extra special. Or if someone breaks a record, but they do it as a Yankee, it's more special than if they do it on the other team. They're the most pompous bunch of asses I've. Oh, it's the worst. When yeah. they lose, the day they're eliminated from the playoffs is my favorite day of the year to listen to the radio because you just hear them cry all day. Oh, yeah, cer- certainly you know, one of mine as well. I-, I would, though, say here, Ryan, that I would be a little bit of a hypocrite if I told you that Boston fans don't do that and ask the question about whether, you know, because actually I think I understand, I-, I almost hate to say this, I understand where the Yankees fans are coming from when they ask whether a certain player can handle playing in New York. I, I mean, I think yeah, the way you described it is one take, but I guess the take I'm getting here. I mean, when you play in Boston, you're like, you know, swore. I mean, look how David Price has been, or maybe, well, you probably haven't seen it up close, but David Price has had some trouble. Uh, it, it feels like right now, even though he's still a talented pitcher when he's healthy, his head right now, he, he just has not handled uh, both the some of the Boston fans, the media. He spends way too much time on Twitter, and he takes every reply he gets on Twitter, like, as a serious thing. Like, so when people negatively uh, critique him on Twitter, like, that's, uh, you know, he gets upset I mean I think it, I think it really eats away at him so you know to ask the question you know maybe you know some Red Sox fans have been questioning whether David Price really can play in Boston and when you look at a guy who on the field I mean his all-time postseason record he's never won a postseason start he is you know a guy who seems to shrink most of the time in big game moments and Red Sox fans you know don't tend to like those kinds of players. They want the guys to thrive in the in the big moments. And Price isn't really like that. And, uh, you know, because, you know, he may be a wonderful person off the field, but he's a little oversensitive. So I kind of understand a little bit where Yankees fans are coming from. I, I will say this, though, to your judge remark. I mean, I think there's still a whole boatload of fans out there with the black robes and the wigs on, uh, you know, uh, celebrating Mr. Judge. And, in fact, you know, when you, going back to this whole little uh, special nickname jersey weekend, all rise ninety nine on the back of the jersey. That might be the best nickname of anybody uh, that's going that weekend. I agree. Uh, I I think, and I agree with you on Price. He's a very special individual. I, I, Yankee fans, or even Mets fans too, will do this. If a guy is like oh, like last year, Jay Bruce traded to the Mets, uh, did really poorly when he first came from the Reds. That was it. Couldn't handle New York. So they, they wanted him to trade in the offseason. This year he comes out, has 25 home runs. Oh, he's playing the yard just fine. Like, all of a sudden, it, it had nothing to do with where he's playing. He just struggled when he came over. A price, I think, is, like you said, a little different. He, he takes a lot of things personally. But New York fans, if they go over 10, 
they can't handle live, playing in the city. Right. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, and, and you know, I mean, you know, if you listen to the, some of the talk radio here in Boston, it gets the same way with certain <laughs> players, too. But, you guys are uh, crazy, too. Yeah, we are. We are basically crazy, too. Jay Bruce, uh, actually, since you brought him up, uh, I, I actually just picked him up in, in my league uh, when he came over to the, you know, when he got traded to the Indians. Uh, what are your thoughts on him the rest of the year? I won't tell you how much I paid for him in real money, but... <laughs> I, I think it was more than $9. I'll leave it at that. But what do you think? I mean, is he worth... I out, I outbid six other teams for him, so, you know, tell me, like, he's going to be a stud for the, the tribe the rest of the year, and uh, he's going to help... Uh, Help me win my uh, league. Yeah, he's going to hit two fifty and hit probably, uh, what is there, six weeks left? Yeah. Maybe he'll hit 10 home runs and, and hit two fifty. Probably. It's probably what he's going to do. I mean, he is what he is. I mean, he's not you know, he's not a rookie. His whole career has been not a great batting average and a bunch of home runs. So I think you pretty much know what you're going to get out of that guy. Yeah, he's well, he's got like a career batting average of uh, like three eighty at progressive field, which is probably also why the uh, the Indians traded for him. And before you say that's maybe a small sample size, keep in mind, you know, when all those years he played with the Reds, uh, they were playing games in Cleveland every year. That was their, uh, you know, that's their kind of their home and home, uh, you know, like Cubs, Yankee. Uh, I mean, sorry, Cubs, White Sox, and Yankees, Mets, which I believe is going on right now. Yeah, yeah, I know you got Yankees, Mets, and Red Sox, Cardinals, and. Uh, and all that, uh, yeah, going on here. Uh, uh, all right. Well, I, I we we did kind of digress a bit there. Do you, you, I'll give you another opportunity here, Ryan. If you have any other final fantasy football thoughts uh, heading into the season, just you know what what's most interest to you uh, going into this upcoming season. Uh, I, I guess I'll leave you with a, a quick draft strategy, and, and people go in, and that's what they always want. Like, what what should I do? And to me, it's it's impossible to go into it with a concrete strategy. Saying, I'm going to take a wide receiver in round one, or I'm going to take a running back in round two. Because you you're in something with 11 other people that you have no idea what they're going to do. I mean, you might have a basic idea based on you know, if you look at mock drafts or average draft positions, things like that. You can get a kind of a, a base idea. But you never know when someone's going to throw your curveball. Uh, so I like to probably the first five rounds go with the best available talent. Uh, if that comes out to be three wide receivers and running back and a quarterback, fine. If it comes to, you know, I don't I'd love to go three running backs in the first five rounds. If that's the way it turns out, fine. And then after that, try to fill in the gaps after that. But uh, I, I stress not going into it with a concrete strategy because say you're going to take a, a running, you say you're going to take a wide receiver in, in round two, and then a, you know you're 20 picks in and a guy like Jordan Howard happens to fall to you. Don't let him pass because you said you're going to take a wide receiver in round two. Take the best guy available and then fill in the gaps after that. So on that note, then, uh, as far as, like, going online to maybe uh, participate in mock drafts prior to, you know, you taking part in your, your real draft, what you're thinking behind those mock drafts. I notice I try to go on to get, you know, get a little practice, but most of the time I'm the only person in my little mock draft, and it's the computer that's making all the other picks. So is that really helping me at all, or is it just giving me an idea of where guys are going to go? What's your, what's your thought on, on mock draft participation for the fantasy football fan? The only uh, – there's a few benefits there. One, yes, is knowing necessarily where people might go uh, but also to familiarize yourself with the the entire range of guys, and, and you know maybe you, you notice a guy that you like, and, and you see where he's going. 
so you know kind of you know when you get into your real draft where you have to start looking for that guy. Like I was talking earlier about Dalvin Cook, the guy that I really really like. Uh, I let I honestly even considered in my third round in my last draft. I was like, oh, let him go one more time, and he got picked before I came back. So maybe you know this mock that I'm doing on Thursday, maybe I don't wait so long. Uh, also, also you can use mock drafts as a as a practice tool. Uh, we had a guy in there who wanted to take a wide receiver. Uh, I'm sorry, a running back third. He decided, yeah, I'm going to see how my team rolls out if I don't take Antonio Brown. So he took LaShawn McCoy because he didn't want Elliott because of the suspension. At the end of the draft, he kind of saw what his team looked like if he had taken a running back instead of Antonio Brown. So you can use mock drafts that way, even if there's no one else participating. You know, it's in a way to experiment with different roster uh, configurations and see, you know, if maybe that is a good idea or maybe at the end you don't like your team, like, ooh, you know, but don't do that again. <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan, this has uh, been a lot of fun. Uh, once again, I, I want to thank you so much for uh, for making this possible for the second straight year, and I, I hope uh, people uh, that listen to our, our Toddcast are going to get some uh, good advice on what to do with their uh, fantasy teams. I hope so, too. Again, go to FightingChanceFantasy.com. You can hear our live podcast tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Uh, we are going to focus on running backs tomorrow for most of the hour. We don't have a guest this week. Uh, and then stay tuned to the site. Uh, again, the sleeper and bust articles coming soon. Uh, rankings for all four positions and uh, five expert mock drafts so far to check out. Well, there you go. See, uh, so no guess. That means plenty of opportunity for you to call into the live uh, uh, podcast. I might, I might even, if I'm listening, I might even try to partake in a phone call. But uh, a lot of good information and uh, at least three more live podcasts before the start of the NFL season. That's on uh, FightingChanceFantasy.com, and the link to the podcast is right there on top of the page. Uh, on Facebook, uh, you can find them at Fighting Chance Fantasy and the Twitter handle Fighting Chance. And I know, Ryan, you're, you're good at answering people's questions if they uh, – they post to you uh, on the uh, the Twitter feed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, always have my phone, even if my boss doesn't think I should. So definitely pop me a question. I'll be sure to give you an answer as fast as I can. Or if you're fortunate like me, uh, sometimes uh, the emergency text line uh, that I've used. And I, Ryan, thank you so much for the times you've. Uh, I've probably interrupted you at work to help you answer my my like urgent questions on uh, on fantasy baseball. I might have more of those come football season. So you better. You may want to change hey, your son, number. The, the note taking you just did while we were talking that might not be a bad idea. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thanks, Ryan. Again, it's fightingchancefantasy.com's where you can find all of Ryan's great work over there. And uh, just. A reminder, if you want updates when the uh, our Toddcasts are available for your listening pleasure, just follow us on social media. You can become a Facebook fan by searching Time Out for Sports Talk. And our Twitter handle is at TOSTBMC. Of course, we'll have links to this uh, podcast out there. You can listen to it and then uh, head over to uh, to Ryan's Fighting Chance Fantasy website. Until next time, this is Todd Bloniars thanking you for checking out the TOST Toddcast on the Belmont Media Podcast Network.